Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. My name is Olivia Cook, and yes, that does mean that I'm the one that y'all are all hearing about. I am Pastor Adam's daughter, and this is episode 92. It is the eighth episode in our series, Symptoms of a Dead Church, Decline of the Church in America. Well, welcome, Olivia. Thanks. It's kind of <laughs> cool to have you on here. I talk. This is my daughter, our oldest daughter. That I talk about all the time. She does have an extremely large head. Oh my God. <laughs> Every time that I get mentioned, it's always the head. Yeah, and then that's, we're barely fitting in this podcast room right now because of her head. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she really doesn't have a big head. Where that comes from. I did when I was a baby, though. I watched a video and it, it, I did have a big head. You got to tell the whole so, story, though. So I but, told you your whole life that you had a big head. We always yeah. joked about you having a big head. Yeah. It was just a joke. It was I don't know just why. A lingering joke. Yeah. And then one day you came to me recently, like this past year, and said, yeah. what? And I was like, you know, I have to apologize to you for being mad about the big head choke because I didn't know why. And then I watched a video of mom and me when I was like three months old and my head was over half the size of her head. (laughs) (laughs) And she's an adult woman. (laughs) What's funny is, is I have people all the time where I'll mention I would make that joke about you in church or something preaching. And then after church, I'll have mamas and grandmas come up to me and go, you're going to give that child a complex. Stop. You're going to give her a complex. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, that's good. That's what parents are supposed to do. Give complexes. I don't get a complex from it, but I do. I, I do. I, I wondered why until about a year ago. And then I was like, <laughs> I, I'll go with it now. Well, it's cool to have Olivia. She is our guest host today. Um, it's kind of neat to have an episode with a father and daughter, so it's a unique perspective we hope to give you today as Olivia hosts. And uh, she's right. You said we were on episode 92. Is that right? Yes. 92. Yep. So pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. That means our podcast, we, we do a podcast every single Wednesday. There's been a few that we haven't done them on for various reasons, holidays, travel, Over whatever. Over a year then. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, almost, it's almost two years worth of podcasts. And so uh, we are in a um, series, been pretty long, would you say eight? This is the eighth episode mm-hmm. yeah. of Symptoms of the Dead Church, which is talking through the decline of the church in America. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> what we are doing, let me just set the tone, Livia, and then we're going to come back to mm-hmm. you. What, what we're doing is, is we're just talking through this um, – I don't think it's like new information, but it has become much more. Uh, it's much more highlighted right now. Recognized. So yeah. So post COVID, um, we had some stats come through that are quite alarming. And so basically, mm-hmm. since the turn of the century, which which we mean, would mean 1999, yeah, up until about right now, there's been a drastic decline in um, the church in America in multiple levels. So mm-hmm. so we've talked through this almost every episode. So I'm just going to give a really basic. Um, heads up, and you can go back to sort of the first episode in this if you want to, which would be around episode 85, 86, somewhere in there, um, that it gives you more in detail, more statistical detail. But mm-hmm. basically, the church in America is declining on multiple fronts. So it's declining in uh, people that, that consider themselves members of a house of worship that also includes Judaism and Islam, not just, not just American Christianity. Um, so for the first time ever um, in the history of America, um, 50% or less of people in America identify as being belonging to or being a member of a church um, or a house of worship. So mm-hmm. that's pretty significant. Then we also have um, a decline in 
people that are identifying themselves as Christians mm-hmm. in every age bracket. So you can't just say that the decline of church in America was, okay, so the baby boomer just, folks are dying, yeah. and so the younger people aren't, and that's why. No, you see a decline in every each level. age group. Right? Yeah. Each age group's declining. And then you also have a, an increase at the same time of the amount of people who are identifying as nuns. We call them nuns, not N-U-N-S, mm-hmm. not, not, not Catholic nuns, but yeah. N-O-N-E. People that belong. identify – well, it's, it's people that are identifying as – I have no religious affiliation whatsoever. That number's increasing. Mm-hmm. And so if you put all those together, what you are faced with is a steep decline in American Christianity in particular, whether it be people that identify as Christians, people that identify as nothing, or um, attendance or involvement in the local church. Yes. All that's in steep decline. Yes. So we are bringing that up not for it to be some sort of negative thing that we sit here and just cry about, but we bring it up because – it is a problem, and you cannot solve a problem if you don't talk through and understand the problem. Exactly. So that's what we're doing. We've been spending the last several, and we're getting some different perspectives. And so we've got multiple perspectives. We had a, a police officer who was a, 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 excuse me, a retired police officer who was also a pastor's child, pastor's kid. Oh. Um, last week we've had um, different folks in the church. Um, we had Stephanie Lee on the first episode of this series. I think it was the first one where um, Stephanie helped plant this church when she was a teenager, our church when she Mm -hmm. was a teenager. And so various different things. We've had a pastor's wife on. We've had... Um, we've had a blogger on, we've had missionaries on through this series, and so all those things. And so today, we have big-headed Olivia, my oldest daughter, who is uh, 15 and a half, just got her, what'd you just get? Learner's permit. Just got her learner's permit. I got a hard copy now. I've got it in my little, I got a little lanyard. With all that stuff on it. All my stuff on it. So, in other words, everybody listen to the podcast, be careful when you're driving. (laughs) Stay (laughs) off the road is what everybody's told me. I'm just going to stay off the road now. She's almost killed us just once, so that's pretty good so far. Kill is an extreme word. (laughs) I didn't kill, okay? I said almost. (laughs) I headed toward a ditch, and I overcorrected, okay? (laughs) (laughs) But we're all good, no wrecks. Anyway, so we have Olivia on because um, I think, like everybody else we've had on this series, she brings a unique perspective. Mm -hmm. And so as a young teen and as somebody who has been in the church, in the, the overall church since birth, Right mm-hmm. and is a follower of Christ yourself and yes. a leader, mm-hmm. um, a young leader in the church, and has been a part of you know the church that her parents planted yeah. um, for the last ten years. You bring a new, unique perspective as a young Christian leader who's obviously very involved in the church, but also goes to a public high school and mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You bring a new perspective. So yeah. Olivia got about thirty minutes notice. Just like everybody he else, said you're going to come up with your own topic, and I said, "We're we're recording in 15 minutes, Dad. How do you want me to come up with a topic?" Yeah, so, so. You're, you're going to tell us um, your first gut reaction on why you think, from your perspective, why you think the church in America is in steep decline. Okay. Why do you think yeah. Christianity is declining? The church is declining. All those things. What's your first gut reaction? What do you think it is? I feel like it's mostly because, especially not not just from a young perspective, like especially I know that teens feel this way, but it's growing up with a lot of judgment. And I feel like that, um, and not only judgment, but just people seeing that and new believers and people who didn't grow up in a church, seeing coming into the church and seeing Christians that don't practice what they preach. They will get, you know, on stage and 
worship and stuff, but they'll also be doing things that the supposed Bible tells them that they shouldn't do or that they're judging others for their sins when, you know, if they know like little context on the Bible, they're like, well, the Bible says you're all sins are the same. Like, why are you judging me like this? Um, I feel like that's a main point in that. I do, do you think you see that a lot? I do, especially in teens of my like, like of especially my high school. Like I know, I know personally people that I'm friends with who have over time, like even a pastor's kid that I know losing their faith. And it's a combination of, well, stuff around them, like environmental, but it's also, it's mainly like not like they seeing Christians and they're like, this is fake. I feel like this is fake. This isn't real. This isn't a real relationship that I can count on. You know, these people are, I feel like these people are going to judge me is mostly what so you think comes that, to mind. you think that one of the reasons, excuse me, the main reason that the church in America is declining is because Christians don't practice what they preach. Yeah. And so that's causing. Judgment. Well, hold on. That's causing young people in the church to, that are already in the church to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. But then that's also causing people who are not in the faith to be, for the faith to be unattractive. Yeah. And also for like people who are not in the faith to kind of be like, mm, like not trusting, like not just unattractive, but like, is this something that is true? And this is something that I can trust. And this is something that I can build a relationship and stuff off of, you know, certain people that don't grow up with a firm foundation in whatever it is. They, you know, they don't think like, it's not more of trust issues. It's more of like, I don't know, like, like I just, I just I just don't know if this is if this is something that I can actually I'm gonna put all this time and effort into it and then it's gonna turn me down like I'm not gonna do be you able think to more of that it. do you think more of that is towards actually um, belief and faith in Jesus or do you think it's more towards the institution of the church? Um, does, it, does that make sense? Let yeah. Me, let me clarify. So, what I kind of mean by that is is do you think that when people are walking away from the faith or saying, I don't know if this applies to me and they're seeing it because there's these hypocritical Christians around Mm -hmm. them who don't practice what they preach. Do you think that makes them go, I don't know if Jesus is for me or do you think that makes them go, may Jesus might be for me, but this institution of church seems like I don't want to be a part of it. It really depends on the person. If this somebody that, you know, grew up in a church and maybe got church hurt or something, um, that grew up knowing what Christianity was and knowing who Jesus was and being around people who were like a lot of people in the South, you know, the South is a place for church, you know, like Bible belt, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They could live around that stuff, but they could live around people who are like, "Mm -mm, not for me. Um, So they could know who Jesus is and they can know like a general background of it, but they don't know what it's like to be in a family of Christ. And so when they see stuff like that, they're like, well, why would I hang around a hypocritical person, much less a hypocritical Christian? And so, you know, it's more of like, well, I was going to try Jesus out now, but I don't know because if he's who is leading these people. Well, the reason I I bring that up is because, you know, there's two ways of looking at this problem. Right. Like, and, the, and both the statistics hold true. Yeah. So it is people falling away from the institution of church, mm-hmm. but then it's also people then not identifying as Christ followers, even if it's disassociated from church. Mm-hmm. So there's two parts. Because what I've heard through this, and I've studied a lot of this over the last six months or so, is or maybe actually all throughout COVID is when my, mm-hmm. my mind started going here, 
um, is that a lot of the pushback on these stats will be, well, that's not really accurate. That's just talking about people being involved in the institution of church. There are lots of people that are that love Jesus and follow Jesus and just not a part of the church. Um, and I, yeah, and I, also. I see where that's, you know, I can see both sides. And so, you know, the when, when, we're, when you're talking about your perspective, you're mainly talking about young people, right? Yeah, mainly. But, you know, you can see examples everywhere of that, I feel like, you know. I just feel like in in young people that I've seen, it's more of um, what they grew up around. Like they don't want to be what they grew up around. You know, most people don't. But why do they not want to be what they grew up around? Like some, I know that most teens they just a longing for freedom, a longing for free will, especially when they grow up with you know either. You know, you could grow up in any aspect. They just want to be able to have their own opinion. See, I think that's, this is this is the problem. So to me, this is the this is the sincere problem with what we have done, sort of, with the institution of church yeah. is that I firmly believe that true freedom is found in Jesus. And so, right. for some reason, you know, people end up trying to, or kids end up trying to look for freedom or free will outside in their opinions, of opinions, mostly, right. like right, and they're trying to look for it outside of it instead mm-hmm. of. You know, we're doing something wrong if that's the case. If yeah. we're, if our kids can't be a part of the faith in a genuine way and ask questions and figure these things out in an atmosphere that th- sort of you know helps that or, or right. pushes that, then we've done something seriously mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. Right? So and instead of feeling like they have Jesus, to go outside of it, yeah, putting Jesus and religion in a category with opinions is, I feel like it's kind of a like I don't know if they go together in itself because. You know, you can have an opinion about Jesus and you can have an opinion on whether you believe it or not. But why are we putting him in that box? And what do we do to make people put him in a box of he's this, he's that, he's this. And so I just know that, you know, with young people in general, we've I, I don't know if it's set by the tone of the people, the tone of Christians or what, but it's just this. And it's a possible part of also part of human nature, too. You know, we want to have freedom. We want to have, you know, opinions about our own things. We don't want, especially young teenagers and late teenagers, they don't want to follow what their parents say. You know, they want to be their own person, be independent, stuff like that. And so, you know, main, mainly why it's young people as well is, well, if my parents believe this, why do I have to believe it? You know? Well, all right, then let's answer the question then, and you may not be able to be as fully honest because you're sitting here with your dad, but I don't know if people fully understand our relationship, um, and I don't, and I also think people don't fully understand um, the way in which I want ministry to be mm. or faith ex- exploration to be, yeah. and so you may not be able to answer this correctly, but what makes you not, what makes you not do this? What makes you not say, I want something different than I was raised in, or... I don't know if this is for me or maybe you have felt that way, but what, what's, what's making you not go that direction then? Mm, I feel like with, cause I don't think so. So just yeah. so everybody knows it's not that you're scared to, or you're going to get in trouble for it or anything like that. No. Like that's not how we roll. Um, but what makes you, what makes you want to pursue uh, growing in, in Christ more and what makes you want to pursue um, you know, his method for reaching the world, which by the way is the church. So yeah. what, what, what makes you want to see that grow and want to be a part of it versus what you say other people are feeling? You know, I, I really have to think about that because it's partially because, and it's, and it can also be in the other direction. The reason that I don't go towards things of the world is because I've grown up around, you know, 
things that you know are are christian and are like and it's not just because it's christian it's just i've grown up around a family of god and people that um know a lot about jesus and have taught me over these past 10 years that i've been in the church because you know i you know i don't know if we i don't i don't remember if we were in a church before union started or not we were but um you've been in one your whole life except yeah. for the one year where i said forget church before we started union yeah i don't remember but right, i but just, don't remember any of that yeah um I do remember just growing up with people and even different people who have walked in and out of my life who have taught me valuable lessons about Jesus. And it's been something where people have set the tone for me like, this is this is desirable. Like, this is something that is trustworthy to run toward. And it really just gave me fuel in just life, just kind of just being like, this is not and even even knowing that this is not my forever home also helps because Earth? yeah yeah okay that's what i meant gotcha. I, I, gotcha. I don't know and this is not my like forever place that i'm going to live like if you know i believe in jesus i'll have you know eternal life with him and mm-hmm. it's not the end it's it's also like an end goal so it's hard for me to answer it in one clear answer because it's just a factor of environmental and my own decisions that I've seen this work out in other people's lives and this be a testimony in so many other people's lives where I can be like this is this is amazing like Jesus is amazing and um and I feel like for people who don't know that they don't know how awesome it is to be a follower of Christ and they think it's so boring and they think it's so fake but when they get in that and in in some churches it is fake but when they get in that right family of God that they can trust, it's like, I yes, I have this family of God to depend on, but now I have Jesus, and he will always be there. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to answer that in one clear, but it's it's different factors of things, you know, growing up and learning it for myself through, you know, reading the Bible and being around it and being a leader. So, yeah, that's my answer. I don't know. What else to say about pretty that? Good. Pretty good. I think it's pretty good. Answer. I think it's pretty honest. I think it's something you should still keep thinking on all the time. And it's yeah. not just you as a young person. I think we all need to think of this constantly. Like this week we had a um, staff meeting and we're always studying something together as a staff. And yeah. typically it's some sort of book or something that we're walking through about okay. church leadership and management or our faith walk in general, mm-hmm. or discipleship, whatever it is. And so we're about to start this new one. And, um, the leader of our staff meetings, which is not me, which is awesome. The leader of our staff meetings is starting a book with us called uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And Simon Sinek is, if you don't know, he's a leadership guru who's written tons and tons of books and so um, all kinds of things. And uh, he wrote a book, one of my favorite books. It's really dense. It's called Leaders Eat Last. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he's wrote this one called Start With Why. And so we're about to start it as a staff. We haven't started it and I have never read it before. And so what she pushed us to do to get ready to begin it this coming week was um, why – Think about your why. Why do you do what you do? Why are mm-hmm. you in the role that you're in? What is the bigger why behind the job that you have? And so I think that all of us, not just you because you're younger, but I think all of us should constantly be thinking to ourselves, why am I pursuing Jesus? Why mm-hmm. am I? like So in, in the depth of this question here is mm-hmm. there are people falling away from the faith and not new people joining it. Um, in historically higher numbers. And so why am I, in light of that, why am I um, continuing to pursue Jesus and why am I continuing to be part of his church if everybody else, not everybody else, but if a larger number of people are starting to walk away from that, what's what's my why? 
right? What's my why? Why am I doing that? And so she pushed me to answer the question along with all of us. And so um, I had about, uh, I don't know, 48 hours, 72 hours, something like that, a notice to answer that question. Mm. And so it's just a couple sentences. And when, when I when I landed on it, it was, um, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I in the role I'm in? Yeah. And it came, so my answer back was, I had to think through it for a little bit. My answer back was, is I'm in the role that I'm in as a leader in his church, right? And so the um, senior pastor of the church that we mm-hmm. planted, and yeah. the reason I'm in that role, same reason why I'm doing this podcast, mm-hmm. is because I could not tell him no when he said start this church. Right. So my why goes back to I could I just couldn't tell him no hmm. at all. I just couldn't say no to this. It was one of those things where God was, you know, I just knew that I had to do that. And so I've said this on a couple of these episodes so far, and you've heard me say this a lot over the last couple of years because I've had to wrestle with it a lot. Yeah. The last couple of years in church have been really, really difficult. Um, yeah, really, definitely. really hard. And right? not just in like that aspect and in, in all aspects of youth and leadership and stuff like that for me too. It's been hard. It's all been very, very difficult. Yeah. It's a weird season. It's been a difficult season. Mm-hmm. We have felt the stats that we're talking about. We have felt it hardcore. Yeah, and sure. so I, I, I always, I've, I've been constantly going back to this the last couple of years. I did this with this question that she asked me and then I, I'm, you know, I've been saying it a lot lately is, um, let me, let me think through it, how I want to say it. But basically I, I was just saying, you know, that I have pushed all my chips in on Jesus. And so I'm all in on Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have a plan B. I don't have a plan B, C, D. I don't have any of that. It's only plan A. Yeah. And then I've also pushed all my chips in on, and I talked about this a couple episodes ago with Josh Krabs, our missionary yeah. from DR, because he's done the same thing. I've also pushed all my chips on, on Jesus's method to reach His the plan. world, right? Yeah. His plan. Yeah. Because Jesus's plan A to reach the world yeah. is the church. Right, that's, that's part his of plan my a. answer, yeah. And he didn't have a plan B either. Exactly. Like he, just, he don't need it, right? Right, he, he knows. <laughs> so he's chosen the church. That's the way he's going to reach the world. So I pushed all my chips in. I'm all in um, on uh, Jesus and mm-hmm. his method to reach the world. And and when I say that, um, I, that means I've pushed all my chips in on all areas of my life. Like my whole family, we all have. Right? Yeah. Every, mm-hmm. we, we, we have based that's probably everything part of my answer too. on yeah. that. You know? and, so, and it's not because I feel like... I don't have another option. I don't have another. I could do another job. That's not a question, right? right. The the right. the and you could too. Like you could you could still as a teenager you could still live your life and yeah. seem fulfilled. I say seem because I don't believe you could really be fulfilled outside of Jesus, but seem fulfilled and do other things and all that kind of stuff and just back away from your faith. But I think that at the end of the day, the reason I pushed all those chips in on Jesus is because um, I truly believe that this is his method to reach the world yeah. is through the church. And I think that part of being a disciple is growing closer and closer to, I want to be like Jesus. Right. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so, and because of that, I think that the church is his method. Mm-hmm. Even if we're seeing the decreasing things that are here, I think that's why we're talking through this because the whole point is, is this church is extremely important yeah. and it's God's method to reach the world. And, and I'm all in on that. And I made my family all in on that, right? You know, I mean, we're we're all in on that. Yeah, you know, that's probably part of why I feel this way. Because you know, like I've, you know, and I don't want it to seem but like that it's not my it. choice. Right, right. It is my choice. I, if I wanted, when I turned eighteen, if I wanted to get up and move away and not go to church, then I could totally do that. I mean, it's not a question of it's it's that my whole life I've been content and happy with Jesus. 
and that I can't imagine my life without him because I, every, every time that I sin or walk away or not read my Bible, I don't feel fulfilled. I feel sad. I feel, I feel lonely. I feel like yeah. I don't have anything like, especially, and I've been struggling lately with reading my Bible and consistently reading my Bible. And so, you know, it's, when I go throughout my day without thinking or praying or just even like, even like just the sheer thought of church or Jesus or the people that I care about, like the, like the church people that I've, that I know have influenced me, like you or mama or, or whatever, I don't feel fulfilled. I feel like, why am I doing, why am I here? Like, what am I, what is my purpose? Like, I feel like that's why, and I did a devotion about this a long time ago about like purpose and passion or passion and purpose or something like that. And it was by, Charles Stanley, I don't know. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. And Grandpa Stanley is Grandpa what I call him. Stanley. That's Andy Stanley's father, <laughs> Charles Stanley. He was the preeminent pastor of America for a long time. Yeah. He's from Danville, by the way. No way. Yep. That's really Grew cool. up and born. Those of you that don't know, we're in Danville, Virginia. And Charles Stanley, um, who is a world-famous pastor, a phenomenal man of God, um, was born in, I want to say, Axton, Virginia, which is in Pennsylvania County. Wow. And then he was, you and I just drove past this church, so the church that sent him into ministry yeah. um, is Moffat Memorial Church, which we drove by, we drive by every day, at least twice a day That's on insane. Our way in. I did yep. not know that. That is yep. insane. And then he also pastored a church after he became a pastor. He also pastored a church on the outskirts of Danville in Pennsylvania County as well. So, okay. sorry, side note. Anyway. Anyway, it just, it's, it, Jesus, I've, I've learned over like being a Christ follower that Jesus doesn't just influence how you think and how you act, but it influences every aspect of your life. Yeah. Like it influences the way that you go about your day, the way that you feel, the way that you um, interact with others. It just influences every part. When you're a Christ follower, everything seems to always revert back to Jesus. Um, and so I find myself throughout the day when I am worrying about earthly things or worrying about worldly things, I find myself anxious and I find myself lost. Mm-hmm. I find myself lonely. And then if I, and I've actually tested this myself, and if I just revert back to Jesus or pray, I instantly feel better. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I, I, I know who I am. I know what I'm grounded in. And that's why, I, and I feel like that's why you can say like, this is why I, and pursuing Jesus. This is why I'm sticking to it when so many others have fallen away because I've, I have felt that he's the only way. And he's See, like, not, you know, I, I think that, that that's part of the problem is that maybe we as church leaders, and I know this is true and I know we've done it too. We yeah. try not to, but I know we've done it too. We, we're not presenting to people who don't know Christ or people who are outside the church, we're not presenting to them something that's like that, that, that is, that is life-changing connected to Jesus, yeah. right? It's not connected to people. It's not mm-hmm. connected to the church. It's connected to Jesus. And, and I'm not saying that we have to make something enticing. People have to choose it on their own. Exactly. But we should be presenting something that is real honest and, and real and open, and, and there's freedom there for them to mm-hmm. you know, explore it on their own and not get thrown out or kicked yeah. aside because they asked the wrong question or mm-hmm. thought through the wrong thing. I mean, because at the end of the day, if we believe sin that is Jesus sin. is the truth, right? Like, so, yeah. so Jesus declares himself, I am the truth, yeah. right? If we believe that he's the truth, then anybody exploring the truth should not be something that we're scared of within the church exactly. because it's always going to always point back to Jesus. Like exactly. you said a minute ago that 
you find like everything in your life is pointing back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. What What's crazy is, you know, on a theological level, um, everything is pointing to Jesus, everything in the whole world. Like if you read through your Bible, listen to what it says. It's talking through the fact that absolutely everything hinges on the name above all names, right? The mm-hmm. entire story of the Bible is about Jesus, right? It's not about us. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a handbook for how you get through life. That would make you the main character. You and I are not the main character, right? right? It, is, it is basically the diary of God, and it's all about Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. Everything yeah. in this world is going to point to Jesus. And so <laughs> if, if we really believe that and know that truth, yeah. then we could allow people to figure that out within the context of the church, not outside of it, yes. right? But within the context of the church, yes. like they should be able to. It's just like that old saying that says the church is supposed to be a hospital for the hurting, yes, not a yes. cruise ship yes. for the you know the wealthy or whatever. Yes. I don't know. I just messed that. I just completely messed that that phrase up. But yeah. I understand. It's, it's supposed to be a, a hospital, not a country club, right? It's not a exactly. It's not somewhere where we hang out at. It's not a club. It's a hospital, and so. That means that people that are hurt, that are questioning, that have issues or whatever, whatever it may be, whatever the sin is, doesn't make any difference what it is, right? That they should be able to figure that out in church, mm-hmm. not outside of the church. But yeah. but and we've got to create a way for that to be um, tangible and felt, especially from young people. Like it's got to for them to want freedom and have to go outside of the church to find it. We've done something wrong, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because the true freedom is found yes. in Jesus, right? And I feel so, like people, especially young people, they misunderstand what it means to follow Jesus. And I, um, and I know, <laughs> I'm gonna say this right now. TikTok is not the most credible source, but I've definitely I'm seen. Glad you brought that up. I got an idea. I'm gonna talk through. <laughs> but I've definitely seen um, people open up on TikTok because they can't open up anywhere else, and so they'll open up about things about. And there's been a trend recently where they. Where they there's a song called "Losing My Religion," mm-hmm. and they will talk R- about R-E-M. why they lost. Yeah, they will talk the about. They will literally talk about why they lost their religion and put a caption on it, and just talk through it. And a lot of it is most of them are talking about Christianity. By the yes, way, yes, they are predominant yes. religion. I haven't seen one yet that's like Muslim right, or Jewish right, or something. Right. And the main reason is because they um, think that it's that it has to do that it, that it's more of boundaries and it's more of like these boundaries that they can't cross are these rules rules and regulations is what they that's what they think it is and yeah, so well, you're talking through and we don't have time yeah. to get into it what you're talking through is this whole deconstruction move, mm-hmm, movement mm-hmm. where people in particular young people but not all of them remember like i said earlier the statistics are coming from all age groups mm-hmm. so this deconstruction idea is i am most of them are deconstructing from the church and organized Christian faith, yes, not necessarily from Jesus. And so, but you see how, like when they say, so some of them are deconstructing from Christ mm-hmm. and all of it together. It's mostly from the church. It's mostly from the church, right? Which is which is exactly what you just said. Because they set up these. It, it they. I feel like the church usually presents it as you can't do this and you can't do this yeah. and you and you can't be homosexual and you can't and you can't um you know have sex before marriage and just this this these these main things that they're putting on a pedestal that these are like the worst sins ever and you cannot do these things or else you know and a lot of a lot of churches say you can't do these or you'll go to hell and that's why a lot of a lot of these people get this idea from so i'm gonna go to hell if i if i you know love who i want to love is you know what they say and so i feel like they and most of what I've seen, and especially when I talk, not it's not just like in the internet. It's people that I talk to in person, especially at school. They're like, I don't want to, I don't have to do all that. 
Yeah, like, see, and I think that's the one of the issues is we we end up being known for in the church. We end up being known for what we're against mm-hmm. instead of who yes. we're for, yes. right? And so, yes. I see. I personally think that, um, and it's the same thing with me personally. I, I think that that Jesus is the answer to all things, absolutely, and that. And that if we will share and push and focus to Jesus, that he will deal with mm-hmm. all that stuff individually in the heart of the person. That's the Holy Spirit's work. Yes. Right? And so individually in the heart of that person. And and what we end up doing, though, is we as a church body, as, a, as church leaders, as mm-hmm. Christians, we end up yeah. getting scared or fearful. And so we just, we just constantly are throwing truth at people, truth at people, truth at people. Yes. This is what the Bible says. This is what's true. This is what you got to do. Instead of yes. leaning and leading with grace and letting the Holy Spirit do that. So it's not like I'm not going to tell you the truth, but right. it, that's all, it's all sandwiched in between grace. Exactly. Right? It's just yes. what Jesus does. Yes. If you look through Jesus' life, he's, he is absolutely 100% truthful. So you cannot say that we are not allowed to tell people the truth. Truth without grace. You can't say we're not allowed to tell people yes. the truth because if you look at the scriptures, Jesus is constantly telling people the truth. Yes. But if you look what happens is, is he's got grace You just talked about this in the sermon. Yes, he's got grace and love and he's got truth and that's because what he's sandwiches back with yeah. again, grace, right? And so, you know, you're not judging someone based on telling them the truth. Mm-hmm. You're judging them before you tell them the truth and after you tell them the truth. Yes. That's where the grace. Yes. That's where the grace comes in at, and that's where the judgment comes in at. Mm-hmm. And you know, to, for us to have a, a situation where people are deconstructing from the church, and then maybe not as much Jesus shows us part of the problem. Because it's showing us that there must be some sort of disconnect if people are still down with Jesus, still interested yes. by Jesus, yes. but aren't interested by the church anymore. We've done something wrong yes. in who it is we're heralding. We've done something wrong mm-hmm. in being known for what we're against or what the truth says yes. in, instead of also being known for and more so known for the love and grace and truth of Jesus, right? Yes, and you've There's talked through this. There. Yeah, and you've talked through this in like sermons, especially when you bring up atheists that write books on Jesus, but they mm-hmm. but they're atheists because, uh, and I, I don't know if it's exactly because of the church, but it but I mean, it a probably lot of them is. It is. I mean, not all of them, of course, but a lot yeah. of them it is. You know, and 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 the fact that they have the the um the fire and like the passion to write a whole entire book about Jesus, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, like. Then why are you still well, the vast, the vast majority, so They usually give you a reason. But. The vast majority of people who are unbelievers in Christ, the vast, vast majority, I mean, large, large number. I can't yeah. give you a real statistic because it'll be wrong. Yeah. The vast majority of people who are not believers in Jesus are not atheists. An atheist is, I do not believe in the existence of God at all, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people, that's not the case. The vast majority of human beings believe in the existence of something God in general, yeah. right? So the vast majority of people would fall into this you know, relatively newer term, agnostic or something like that. Yes. But I, I believe that there's something that exists, but I don't know exactly what it is, right? And so Trying the, to figure it out. Yeah, the heart of. of the human, the heart of the human being across the board has been very much, I believe in something. I know that there's something there. And to me personally, I think that that is the, that is that you were made and created in the image of God. And that's the heart of God yes. calling you back home all the time. Cause yes. you know that there's and something let me, bigger. Yes. And let me add on to that. Cause that's exactly what I meant. So like with, and people quote like the prodigal son story all the time, but it's such a good story because it can be added on in all sorts of aspects. And it, it, when I when I when you said that I really thought of this I feel like people in the world like there's Jesus as the father and then there's people as as the son and even Christians who 
are actively pursuing Jesus, they're still a prodigal son Absolutely. in Arius, and they're yeah. they're never going to be, you know, right, you know, reconciled with Jesus until you know heaven and stuff like that. And so, and it really just really shows you how much people can run to so many other things and go to so many different paths, but it all like they never feel fulfilled, especially when I talk to people who at my school who are not believers. They're like, I do this, but I still, there's something wrong. There's something missing. There's something yeah, missing. Something's wrong. Something's so there's missing. the missing piece. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's the truth. So, so let me go back to what you said earlier. You was like, you said something like tick knock, tick knock is not the best source. Of it's information, not, it's right? really not. Right. All right. So <laughs> it's I wanna, just I opinions. Say this. Here's, here's something I think that, um, and I've been holding on to this, this whole series, hoping something would bring it up. Um, here's something I think that is definitely a reason why we see the church in decline or Christianity in decline in America. And, I, and it's called self-directed spirituality. Oh my so gosh. Yes. People are, let's just be, let's just be real. Cause we're going to say that it's us too. People oh, yeah. are looking less and less to churches and leaders to help them grow spiritually and more and more to other options. So yes. if you go backwards, go backwards, you, I can do this in my lifetime. So my age group, my generation is the generation that saw and adapted and began first using the internet, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can go back to when I was a kid. If you had a spiritual question, you were looking to church. You were looking to church leaders. Yes, you were other looking people. to pastors, right? Yes. And and you had some other options, but they were basically just books, right? And yeah, so right. you were looking to other people. As a kid, you don't want to read books. <laughs> but we live in an era now where everybody uses other options yes. to answer the questions and you can just type it on a phone in the right. google and get your answer right there instead of you know and and i cut you off i didn't mean to but like i know nowadays like people instead of going to the actual bible they will just look up something that mm-hmm. has to do with it and it'll just give them some random Whatever person's opinion right. like and and i feel like that's a part of it like what you were saying why charges in decline because people rely on other people's opinions because they're like, well, I don't know. I mean, think, so. think about it. We right. do this too. There is, well, not, I don't a, know. There so is just... not a human, there's not a parent in the world, by the way. There's mm-hmm. not a parent in the world, I don't think. Well, the uh, world is too big. There's not a parent in America for the most part who does not, um, before they make a doctor's office, um, a, a doctor's appointment yeah. for their kid, yeah. does not Google the symptoms that their kid has first and sort of form an opinion <laughs> before they go the to the time. doctor. Yes. Right. Um, and, and then they then they see and they understand recommended um, treatments and all that kind of stuff. And so you can just ask a family physician. My dog, yes. my do- my brother is a doctor. He is a family doctor. Yes. And he's told me this before um, that you just ask the doctor. It drives them nuts. It drives them nuts. Google said because a Google parent said, walks in Google and said. goes, "Here's what Google said, and here's what the treatment says." Um, and this like is I went how to I medical school to for eight years, right. and this is what right. I say. And my brother has said back to me, he's like, "Google is not a replacement." for medical school, right? Google is not a replacement for it. And so yes, I think the same, the same thing, thing applies about... to faith, right? Yeah, yeah. Like what we Google and what was there, because you don't know who the source is and all those things, yeah. right? But people are so quick to have this self-directed spirituality. And yes. so same thing. When was the last time you made a large purchase where you didn't go online and read reviews first? Matter of fact, right. here's what's crazy about it. Most people read the reviews on small purchases. Yeah. Like you can, you can mm-hmm. be about to buy something that's online. like that's ten dollars, right? Ten bucks. It's just a, yeah. a hairbrush, yeah. And you end up going, well, let me check out the reviews on this first, right? This so hairbrush sort of, breaks. This hairbrush. Yeah, you're getting an opinion yeah. from all these sources and things, and you're researching it online. And so, in an age where we have access to um, everything 
right? Mm-hmm. Especially your age group because you have grown up with this. This is yes. second nature. This yes. is just like life, yeah. right? The internet is just life. In an age where we have access to information everything about absolutely revolves everything, around it. more and more people are self-directing their spirituality yes. for better or for worse. Yes. Right? They're starting to figure it out on their own. There. There's some all, now I'm a proponent of the internet being used yeah. in ministry. Like we stream services, yeah. we use all, we use it for all kinds of stuff. We yeah. use we use groups online and we do all, all kinds yeah. of stuff. And there's all about tons it. of there's tons of Christian like TikTokers and YouTubers yeah. that use their story to reach other people online. And so I'm all about yeah. it. So there's a good side to it. But oh, yeah. the bad side to it is is that you end up getting a lot of stuff where you don't know the person who's wrote it, you can't understand the context of it, yes. you can't trust the authority behind it. And so I do think that what people are missing a lot in their own self directed spirituality, and I think this comes down to a lot of young people too, in their own self directed spirituality, what they are missing is a trusted spiritual father or trusted spiritual mother, right? That mm. they can actually talk to these things for real about yeah. and know Have that the person has a solid understanding in scripture, yeah. a solid mm-hmm. understanding in theology, a solid um, leaning and understanding and being in the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah. And so th- they were missing out on all that. But one of the reasons why you see so many young people so quick to deconstruct their faith is what you said is that they're seeing you know, they're watching Christians not really act, not really yeah. living like Christians, right? Yeah. And then that makes them go, well, I'm not going to trust them yeah, and it's for the, it. Let me go over here and find yeah. it out myself. And it's the same thing with like, and you can take it back to like, just like if you have something like, let's say, this is a horrible example, but like, let's say your mom passed away. You're not going to go and talk to about, uh, talk about it. Like very rarely are you going to go talk about that experience and have a real conversation to somebody who has their mom or has or has not lost a parent or has not lost somebody that close to them. You're not going to go to somebody who's never done that before. You're going to go to somebody who has lost their mom, who has lost their family members, like who has been through that experience before. And that's why so many people like don't know where to go with Christianity is because, well, I don't have somebody that that knows the Bible. I don't have somebody that that knows Christians and that knows Jesus. I don't have somebody to talk to like that. So how do I know that what they're saying is or, true? Or the person or in the their life, or the person in their life that they do have who knows all that seems like they're going to um, judge you know, them, kill them, judge them, throw them out, whatever. Yes. If they ask the yes. wrong question, yes, right, or say it in the wrong way, or yeah. show some sort of disbelief, or you know, doubt. Right, yeah. and I think that's insane. And so, or like disregard to whatever they're feeling. I, think I know. I think it's insane because yeah. every single human being has doubts. I am a church. I've been a pastor for, gosh, Olivia, you are fifteen and a half. Your mom and I have been married for 23, 22 years. Thank I have you. been a pastor for after six months after we were married is when I became a pastor, and so I've been a pastor for twenty two, twenty three, somewhere in there years. And you know, I can tell you from vast personal experience plus. All the friends of mine over the years that are pastors and church leaders mm-hmm. and all that kind of yeah. stuff, that we have monster doubts all the time. Oh, we yeah. have monster 24/7. huge doubts, right? And so if we would just project that, if we would show people that, hey, my faith is not perfect and I question things too all the time, yeah. then people that have the questions might be willing to talk to someone directly that they can trust spiritually instead of just going and finding whatever yes. they find. And online. also people don't know when when they have doubts, they don't know when to you know, direct it towards Jesus. Like I, when I have doubts, sometimes I'm like, well, this is happening in my life right now. Like, wh- where is he at? Like, what is like, and, and this is off topic, but in, in my history class right now, we're, we're, we're reading night by Ellie. I don't know how to say his last Ellie name. Wiesel. 
Weasel or whatever we're eating night and it literally talks through in the it's book a, a major book. part of the book is why he doesn't believe in God anymore because he went through the Holocaust mm-hmm. and so um, and it, it, I literally read a chapter today and half of it was all the Jews praising God and being like it's okay God is almighty and he's and he's over here like he's not almighty like we're over here starving and being beat to death and being killed you know what's like, crazy where is, is, he? is he, walk, he, walk, he works through this in his whole life and so he does believe in God yes later on in life and you know all that kind of stuff it's actually amazing if yes. you think about it yeah. right um, but yeah, I mean, that was off topic. I don't know where you were going with that. I don't know where I was going with you. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just, it's just like people don't know what to do with their doubts. And especially in somebody with a See, dire just, situation I'm, like that. Just, that just hurts my heart. Cause yeah. what I want to say, what you do with your doubts is bring them to God, that's, bring them to you, church. That's where I was going bring with it. Bring them with you. That's where I was going with it. I was like, I, um, you know, I know to bring my doubts to God and I'm like, well, I know that God is there. Like I can just trust in him i can have faith like this is this is all going to work out like i can put it in god's hands other people that might not know jesus they're like what am i supposed to do you know they're Mm -hmm. like what do i do with this like how am i supposed to get through this what am i going to do and they just don't know that all right so so we got to wrap this thing up yeah we're going Um, long what (laughs) what do you think is something we can do about this so as an individual christian Mm -hmm. as you or or as is the church in general like what do you think is something we can do about this i think it, I th- well, the big one would be going back to would just don't be fake right like actually <laughs> practice what you preach <laughs> yeah. right? i was gonna something like that i was gonna say just listen i've heard from so many people that the best thing that someone's ever done for them is just sit there and listen and sometimes when they don't know to pray and they don't know that Jesus is listening, it helps to have somebody that believes in Jesus just sit there and just listen. Mm. And especially with young people too, like it, they just they just want somebody to be there for them. They Christians just, are very quick to speak and yes. say, "Well, you need to do this." And say, "Well, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this." This is what Jesus wants you to do. Right? They're quick to speak instead of being quick to listen. Yes, and they're they, and I feel like. You know, with teenagers, you know, you have emotions and stuff like that, and you know, they're all going up and down all the time. You know, that's hormones not just emotions, and stuff. By the way, I mean, just that's not just teenagers. By the way, we we, <laughs> we make y'all feel that way, but it's really all of us all the time, <laughs> all of life, all of humans. Yeah, and you know, and you know, you you have emotions all the time, and since you're young, you want to be independent, but also you still have to depend on other people because you're young. So you you're you're still a minor, stuff like that, and so you just have to. I forgot what I was going to this. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I just feel like they just they just want somebody, especially even though if it's the most irrational thing ever. Like I'll be having the most irrational emotions ever, and I just want somebody to just be like, "Hey, I understand what you're talking about. I understand yeah. how you feel," and just listen to. And you don't have to like put all your problems on somebody, but like sometimes well, I think when, that's a big part of it. I think that one of, the, one of the biggest ways we share our faith is by saying to people, I'll just walk with you with this, right? Yeah. Just, I'll just walk with you. We'll figure it out together. Yeah. You know, not you just like, let me know. Let me like just when you show need me. you. Yeah. Let me just show you exactly what you should think, but instead, or feel, yeah. or believe, let's just walk through this thing together. Right. And then I can share with you how I deal with this in my life, yeah. but also saying at the same time, I don't have it all together, mm-hmm. right? So I have doubts too, you know. Um, I, I try to, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not great at this, and I know I fail at it all the time, but one of the ways in which I try to teach and preach is to make sure that every single message 
every single person that's listening knows that I don't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. That I don't have that's it all together. That's why it's called the I Messy struggle. Walk Podcast. Right. That's why it's called the Messy Walk Podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Good plug, Lydia. I'm so good at this already. <laughs> this is my first episode. Look at me. It's exactly why it's called that because it is a messy walk. So let's just let's make sure we say that to people instead of putting on yeah. the air of. Um, I'm walking on gold when yeah. really I'm walking on dirt. Because guess what you know, happens? Just guess, like guess you. Guess what happens? The minute you decide to do that, the minute you decide to say humble yourself I've got it all right and and I'm gonna hide the things I don't you know what happens people around you do exactly what you just said which is one of the reasons the church is declining is they go they're not practicing what they preach because mm-hmm. they can sniff that out oh, a yeah. mile away oh yeah right? somebody who's ingenuine or pretending to have it all together or acting like they have no doubts whatsoever these people they're sniff like, that mm-hmm. out real quick and we're like maybe like nah you're fake and I don't want to follow fake right you know I don't want and I think that's part of yeah. your, your generation is a your generation are fake sniffers. They yes. sniff out yes. fake they're in like, a heartbeat. Yes, they're like, you're, mm, I don't know they about that. They sniff it out real quick. Yeah, right? and they're like, and especially when they see something fake, they're just like, it's just it's just this feeling of, and, and it might be a part of human instinct. They're just like, I, I'm not going anywhere with this. Like, this is a boundary I'm putting up. Like, I'm not trusting you at all. I'm going to do my own thing because I don't think you're trustworthy. Because mm-hmm. you're over here saying that you're perfect, and I know you're not perfect, and I can sniff it, and I can, and I can look at your life, and you know I can yeah. see like there's no way you have it together through this and this and this and this and this, and that's where the internet also comes into play with that is like you can see everybody's life now right. if you put it out there on the internet. So if if somebody's over here going, like a, my life is perfect. Well, you're over here acting like you follow Jesus and do what He says, yeah. and then at the same time you're posting over here stuff on TikTok bashing about, people for yeah. their political affiliations or who they voted for. Yeah, right, and losing I, their minds. I hate the political right? Jesus thing combo with like, and a, you know Republicans and you know I just hate it. I hate that they put Jesus in that Republican box. A lot of people do that too. It's well, with political stuff, but most of the time it's how individual Christians act that right. can make people mm-hmm. perceive that. Yeah. So All right. Well, we got to wrap up. Yeah. You did a really good job, Olivia. I know it. Um, so we're gonna end. The, we're gonna we're gonna start. We're gonna recap real quick. So okay. the recap is Olivia said that the primary reason that she feels like the church in America is in decline is because Christians don't practice what they preach. Yes. And then let me make sure I got it right. And then, then. what we we're supposed to do about that to be able to correct it is mm-hmm. practice what we preach. Yeah. Don't be fake. Yeah. Don't be fake and listen. Good job. (laughs) All right. So thank y'all so much for being with us today. Make sure you follow us on socials, Facebook and Instagram, and be sure to share this podcast so you can hear on me. Um, You can hear more (laughs) on me. Hopefully I'll be on here again. And uh, yeah, yeah, dad's okay. But um, we'll see you next week with another episode and y'all have a great one. We'll continue these series later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.